Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. If I always look so like distant when I'm introing, it's because I'm watching the music and the recording and the video, like I'm doing it all. I know I said that, but it's like, if I don't stop the music, it goes into the next track, which I've done before. So I think I always look like bewildered. Like I don't know where I am. And it's just because I'm watching 14 different things. And it's also when I looked and I said that and I looked over at you and your eyes were like wide thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, are we not recording properly? Is that is everything OK right now? But it no, seems like we're OK. Um, everything is fine except your camera. Yeah, I was going to say like you probably need yeah. to re- you know, no, you gotta push it good. the other way. Yeah, there you, there you go. There you go. There you go. Now we can actually see your full head with a uh, is it an NFL hat you got going on there. I imagine it's a Jets hat. Of course, it's a Jets hat. Yeah, there it is. There's James Key. And also the- a fellow fellow uh, Jets fan is Matty Key. Hello, Matty. Hello. I'm tired. We are <laughs> in for a ride this episode. We have an injury update for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We had a very interesting week 10 in the NFL. We are going to give you our week 11 picks. We are going to talk about our contest winners from last week. We got the sneak peek on the uh, winners of the contest, and we will let you know who those winners are later in the program. The World Cup is this weekend? Know, Even though eh? it's November? And oh, in the news, and uh, rumors are swirling about one Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Of course, we are brought to you by Now Your Treasures and we will talk a bit more about them later. Make sure you follow and subscribe 43.6 on all your favorite podcast services and all your favorite YouTubes. There's only, you know, everyone's favorite YouTubes. (laughs) Follow us there as well. (laughs) Once it starts working. Yeah, once it starts working, we start reposting on there. Listen, we're self-made men. We don't have producers or friggin well yeah we do you're the producer yeah i know but it's like we're not like mr beast where we just <laughs> hire f- the problem <laughs> we're not we're not like mr we don't have 15 of us you know that just like he clones himself 18 times to do all his own shit mr beast you're a generous guy if you want to help us out and you know donate some money for a studio and you know yeah, i'm not production. even asking for you to pay for my groceries like i'm just <laughs> i just yeah, need I know, right? about 20 grand That'd be great. Did you see uh, the Halloween video of his, like, going to his place? He's giving out, like, iPhones and PS5s. Yeah, that sounds about right. Would you dress up? To go to Mr. Beast's house? And try and, like, pull it off? Well, that's the thing, though. So, I mean, if it was allowed, because obviously I think there's a limit of, like, at what point you're allowed to trick-or-treat. Like, I think it, the, the cutoff is probably, like, grade school. Once yeah, you enter school. into the ninth grade, you probably yeah. shouldn't be trick-or-treating anymore. But... If the opportunity arose for me to go to Mr. Beast's house and the opportunity to get a very nice prize, I think you'd have to dress up as something that he would find funny. So you'd probably have to dress up like Chandler or something. I mean, he would find that funny? I think he would, if it was done in a hilarious way. You know what I find funny about Mr. Beast? Like, the guy is not Beast-like at all. Like, he's not very imposing. Like, he's not very intimidating. He's not, like, he seems kind of, like, awkward and, and yeah. shy. Like, the most unlikely dude to be in that situation. Right, you know? Like, I fucking hate Andrew Tate, but I I believe that <laughs> that guy would be in that position more than I would have thought Mr. Mister Beast would. Again, 
Like, what's the origin of the name? I don't even know. Like, do, do we know where this guy came from or? Not a clue. More no, no, no. Now we're looking at where Mr. Beast came from. But, you know, I, I was watching a TikTok the other day of like, I don't know if you guys get these as well or it's mainly just me, but I, I, based on last week, I think James and I have a very similar algorithm. But it was one of those videos where it's like, oh, yeah, um, the boomers tell us that we should just buy a house. But honestly, the only way I'm ever going to get a house is Mr. Beast gives me one. <laughs> I just died laughing when I heard that line. So here you go. The origin of the name. And we this one, I think we can relate to very much. He had said when you create an Xbox gamer tag, there's a randomizer. And where it's like, if you can't pick one, you just say create account. It just randomizes you an account. Mr. Beast was the gamer tag. He's like, this sounds cool. And he kept it. Dude, my cousin got famous. He'd be Mocha Burrito. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Our cousin create, got an Xbox, created an account, didn't realize that once you hit create, that it just gives you a random name, not realizing that you got to do it before you hit create. Like he thought it was one of those things you create and then it's like now it takes you through the steps of creating your gamer tag. And he got Mocha Burrito <laughs> his gamer tag. I guess it could be worse. Mocha burritos sounds kind of fun. That should that's a good a restaurant name, actually. That could be like a, a coffee fusion Mexican place, you know? Yeah, just My, the shit's all over. Right. My stepdad, when we were we, like I got him an Xbox once and we were playing we used to play NFL online together. And uh, he got blamed poet. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? It sounds like a 2000s emo band. Come see the used. Opening for the used is blamed poet. Blamed poet. Actually, that, yeah. Or like with envy on the coast. Right? That's funny. All right. Well, yeah. Yes, this is 43.6 in case you're unaware. Thank you for subscribing. And uh, normally before we get into our sports talk, we'd like to catch up on our week and what we've done over the past week since we last spoke to each other. So who wants to go first? We'll start with James of what you've done your last week. Well, we, uh, we actually shared an event. We went to the uh, fall edition of the Toronto Sports Card Expo, um, which was kind of neat. Um, we didn't spend a lot of time there. We were kind of under the gun. We, uh, Matt's uh, wife and soon-to-be uh, mother had her baby showers this weekend. So we went... Uh, all the all the gents that were there went to the sports card expo uh, to kill some time while they the festivities were on and it was good. I mean, it wasn't like that busy, which was nice. And we went on the Saturday, which hypothetically should be the busiest day, but um, it wasn't too bad. Um, my cousin was getting some of his cards graded. He had a a nineteen twenty uh, McDavid rookie tribute autograph card that he brought that some of the guys at the show were swooning over, which was kind of cool. The card's probably worth like 6K. Um, like McDavid on card auto, which was nice. Um, of course, I was loosely perusing for Jets cards. And, uh, you know, some guys had like bins full of Jets stuff, but like it wasn't like I'd be interested in like a Curtis Martin autograph or, or some Zach Wilson's that I don't have. But um, <clears throat> looks like everyone bought up all the Zachs because he's just so popular. So, um the other, the other difficult thing about the card show, and I think it's different than the U.S., is that the the Toronto Sports Card Expo, which I think is the biggest in Canada, is very it, like it's very much the hockey card expo. Like it's it gets very much taken over by hockey cards. So if you're interested in football, basketball, baseball, it, it kind of takes a backseat, which I imagine is 
a lot different than the US where football is probably massive at those card shows. So you get or a lot baseball. of you or baseball, yeah. yeah. So you get a lot of US guys up here for this show actually because it's such a big representation I think for hockey that they get kind of that opportunity to buy expensive hockey cards that they don't really get a chance to grab in the US. So, like the dude who runs Sports Card Investor, I forget his name, but like he was there all weekend, which was kind of neat. So when you guys go to these uh, card trade shows, is there anyone there selling things other than cards? Like, oh, yeah. I'll go to a Comic-Con and there'll be like, obviously it's not just comics, there's action figures and stuff. So is there action figures at these things? Yep. Yeah, some. Like, there's. they had like, they've got this, we've seen it twice now. Yeah, a lot of memorabilia, a lot of jerseys and stuff. Um, they had these like, displays for like hockey that we've seen a couple times where it's it's in a glass case and you put like the figures in a certain spot and it like lights up and it's got like the boards it's really nice um, so yeah it looks like a scene of a play like a frozen scene of a play so like you get the mcfarland hockey fi- hockey figures and they just put them on glue them down so it looks like like a photo but in a glass case it's actually really cool i'd really like to get one one day yeah, that, I have a couple thing. of those. Actually, no, I have a bunch of those in the closet somewhere. A bunch of old McFarland hockey toys. I don't know why I used to buy them, but I have a bunch of them. Some of them might be worth something. Yeah, and then um, I, they're all like open and out of the box, and probably not in the greatest shape. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they like they've ever listened or whatever. But I'm gonna call them friends of the show, the Relic Squad. So like, they're the card shop that I go to at Young and Lawrence. Great shop. Uh, owned partly owned by one of uh, a guy we used to play hockey with when we were kids um they ran a on their trade night so at night some shops will sponsor or host like a trade night so basically in one of the convention rooms you go and you hang out and you trade cards and you just chill you talk rip some wax trade cards you bring your like your little safety box and like hey i've got some wax he says that's what it's called thing that you No, that's what it's called because back in the day cards were in wax packs no, I I, I, just, I totally understood what you meant. It's just I've How never heard those words put together like that before. Well, sir, you need to you need to pay more attention to the hobby, sir. But anyway, right. I digress. So they host trade night, and this is really cool. So you go there, you trade, you talk with people. But they had a poker tournament, and in the poker tournament was Thomas Caberley. Like he was like there, like kind of hanging out and playing poker with the people there, which was kind of cool. So, um, and they had they said they had almost three hundred people show up. So. Shout out to Team Relics for a good trade night. Um, but yeah, it's cool, man. They got tons of stuff. And they've had like wrestling cards. So like if you're interested in that kind of shit, like there's like old school wrestling cards. They've got um what else? They had an F1 show car. So there's tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Well, I'm just saying, like if you guys are there and you happen to come by any uh, WWF Hasbros, you let me you know, one of these guys, you let me know. Actually, there was a bin in the summer one that had like the old like rubber ones, like the big ones that are like the LJNs, yeah, just scattered in there. You're looking for the small plastic ones, right? Yeah, these guys are. I can't really see that from here. They all look like a blur of color, flesh tone shit. (laughs) It's not. It's not diverse color. (laughs) As Dustin tries to grab one for, I was trying to grab one without my headphones falling out of my head. But yeah, these guys. Yeah, they were the plastic, right? The hard plastic. They are plastic, yeah. And they all have like that weird action to them. Yeah, that's really weird because nobody's head and neck moves like that. But 
Well, no, it's supposed to be like sitting on the top rope, and then when you go like this and you let go, he jumps. Not that Ultimate Warrior ever jumped off the top rope, but Listen, you get the idea. Can't say Hasbro isn't innovative. Uh-huh. Props to the man. Um, Honestly, so, these toys are amazing. And we might sure, have them. Hasbro, we might okay, have so, them. We might have them in the in vault. The we might have them in the vault at work. What? Yeah. You no. Yeah, we keep apparently apparently we might we might have like like there's a vault and they like we might have like six of everything that we've ever made. And are, do you have access to take something out of these vaults? I mean, I'm a lowly fucking dude. <laughs> They're the, I showed up at the vault. They'd be like, "Who are you again?" <laughs> Turn around, sir. Because if you're able to do this, uh, you'll be getting a phone call from Matt Cardona like right now. So. You know what? I should put that together. Character. Actually, if he's that interested, maybe I could put that together as like a featurette. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna explore that. And you know become what, a hero. Actually, we, sh- we should we should discuss about that offline. I know Maddie loves uh, using these uh, work terminologies, but we'll talk offline on that one. We'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take that one we'll, offline. We'll take this one offline. Let's put <laughs> yep. that in the parking lot for now. <laughs> Fucking fucks. <laughs> uh, Maddie, anything to add to that weekend? Yeah, my wife's baby shower. She had to have two. Two children or two uh, baby showers? Two baby showers, that arrogant woman. No, it's because, so she split it up between family and friends. So, you know, the one day was, you know, all family. So, like, her mom and the Ajumas and then, like, her, like, my aunts and cousins and whatever. So, like, they did the one day and then the next day was, like, all her book club friends and her university friends and, like, the close group of friends that she has. So, they, uh, they did that and I was just yeah too much estrogen i was like get me out of here you know i was like i can't i'll do my like duty and say hi once everyone shows up and then i'm gtfo and i just said you had to do this on a sunday when it's you know football season and you couldn't have done this sooner or whatever but whatever it is what it is but my weekend was mostly taken up from last wednesday on and you are very aware of this one too dustin is god of war knee deep into some blood and guts of fantastical creatures and shit like that it's Just it's awesome balls it's deep like, in kratos what yeah balls <laughs> deep in kratos yeah i'm not nearly as far as you are in this game but there was a moment last night where i was like just finally getting around to getting back into those controls again and figuring out like how i want to control kratos and it was like i was i think it was like a level two or level three dark elf or something who's just kicking my teeth in. But I eventually like got the hang of like, okay, I'm going to freeze my axe. I'm going to throw my axe. And then Atreus is going to throw like all his like little stupid, you know, arrows at him. And then while he's doing that, I'll run up to him and I'll slam down in one of my like ruinic attacks. Like I kind of figured out a way to like systematically weave 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 a whole bunch of attacks together and use Atreus more often. It's a really, really cool game. Yeah. And it's, it's different, oddly enough, that a lot of the foundations are the same as the first one, but it still feels different enough to feel not feel like a glorified expansion, like heavy expansion to the game. So no, I've been really enjoying it. I'm probably I'm gonna try and beat it though before this Friday because Pokemon comes out Friday. I know this is the problem, and we all this know what that problem. does. Yeah, <laughs> and that it's is, multiplayer. What? And Pokemon's multiplayer. Yes, it, the multiplayer in this one, like this is bad news. And Warzone comes out on Wednesday, Warzone 2. Like, this is going to be a rough week. So here's the thing. Um, 
And the Game Awards announced their nominees for Game of the Year this year, like today. And I was shocked about... Okay, first of all, I forgot Pokemon Arceus existed until it came up in, like, one of the categories. And I instantly remembered, like, oh, my God, like, so much of my summer was Pokemon Arceus. And, like, I spent so many hours into that game. I, I maxed out the Pokedex. I caught everything and got them all to level 10. Like, I totally finished everything in that. And I'm thinking, how on earth is this not game of the year? Like, or at least not nominated for it. And now I'm thinking that Pokemon is coming out on Friday. I'm just going to get sunk right into this game as well. Aren't oh, I? Yeah. Like, I'm telling myself I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to get it immediately because I still have God of War to play and I have so much going on this month. But I don't know, man. That A new Pokemon sounds like a good time right now. Well, especially when it's... There is so much change with this one where before it was all systematic. It was always go this town, this gym, it's gated for the next one. This town, this gym gated for the next one, right? Where this it's you're dropped in and you do whatever you want from the beginning. So that's really cool. Um, and just, I don't know. I always just find in my head, I'm always thinking it's just the same with new polish or new colors or whatever. But then you're in it and I'm staying up to like five in the morning playing this game and just absolutely addicted to it. And especially now because with Pokemon Home, you can take some of your Arceus Pokemon into this game. <laughs> so I can have my Hisuian Growlithe and Arcanine oh, in this no. game. But do I have to pay for Pokemon Home? Uh, I think you. Got, it's like a $3 and you get it for a year. No, I think it's like twenty. I did it before, so I like I have Pokemon Bank and whatever that I drop my shit in and out. But yeah, man, this is this is gonna be bad news bears for me. Okay, there's a lot. Getting it. There's a lot to unpack here. So, first of all, uh, I don't know if I want to save this till the end of the show. I I don't think we can. And if I'm stepping on your uh, shoutouts, I apologize. But uh, shout out to Ash Ketchum for finally, after 25 years, winning a Pokemon championship. Yep. That happened a couple days ago, actually. That like blew up on the internet of Ash Ketchum finally winning with Pikachu as well, which is pretty cool. Pikachu wearing his hat in the fight. Like, and I don't know if it was intentional, but I imagine it had to have been like for this news story to come out the same week that the new Pokemon game comes out. Like, it's, that has to have been intentional, right? Oh, yeah. Well, like, if you see the future episodes, so in Japan, they're on episode, like, 45 right now or something like that. That's when it happened. And they released the titles of the final three episodes or four episodes of this series. And, like, one of the episode titles is called Project Mew. And the other episode title is uh, Pokemon, I'm glad I chose you or something like that. And a lot of people think this is it for Ash. Like Pokemon ends and Ash's story ends. And then they just do branching off stuff of like other characters or tertiary characters and stories and things like that. I can see that. Uh, I think <laughs> Ash has been a 10 year old boy for, for a very long time. It's time for him to go yeah. to high school. Well, just tell me where his dad is. That's all I care about at this point. He went for milk, buddy. He went for a pack of smokes. <laughs> like, but no, it's like one of the biggest mysteries because it's his dad left to uh, on a Pokemon journey. And that's all you ever heard. And it's this grand mystery. 
So maybe there so, is more stories to tell for Ash if you if you do that. Yeah, maybe it's just the end of his like adolescent, like the 10, 11, 12 year old years. And then it's going to be Ash as like a 19 year old. And he's just like hacking darts at a bar and guys <laughs> like, oh, you're Ash catcher. He's like, I used to I be. used to be. <laughs> yeah, I used to be. <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't be opposed to like a brand new protagonist, brand new story. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. I play them every time in the games, right? Like it's, it's no different. Mm-hmm. Have you guys made a decision yet? Of yeah, I'm getting started. Oh, no. Oh. Not even the game. I mean, of your starter. No. So no. your options are the grass-type cat, uh, spring Sprigatito, I believe is how you pronounce that. Sprigatito. There's also the water-type duck-looking thing that has the Donald Trump hair. The quaff. Uh, yeah, Quaxley is the name, which is an awesome name. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then there's the fire, I think it's a crocodile. It's called Fue Coco. Uh, honestly, I'll probably go Quaxley. I know my wife is going to go Fue Coco because she always picks fire for her starter for everyone. And she names them something funny. Like the first, so the, when it was, uh, Torchic, she named it Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and like so it like, always comes up with silly names for her starters. So yeah, she'll probably go Fue Coco. I'll probably go Quaxley. I never go grass, except I did for Owlet because I really like the final evolution of Decidueye. I'm a game time decision kind of guy. I need to. I be haven't in the decided. Moment. Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't decided yet either. Like when I saw first saw the pictures of them, I was like Sprigatito is my guy because the cat was so damn cute. But then I found out, well, not found out, but then obviously it's green, and you're like, oh, okay, well, fuck that. I'm not taking a grass type. I'm not a not an idiot over here. Okay, so the real decision is Quaxley or Fue Coco. I think I'm gonna have to go Quaxley. That duck just looks too damn cool. Like he's got some sass to him. Yeah. Well, also, too, depending on how you feel, I don't know what you are about this kind of stuff. The evolutions of them have leaked. If that is kind of leads you down that path. Yeah, I heard it, but I don't want to, I don't even want to see it. Like, I want to experience it in the game. Um, I went to an IGN article just now and had a poll up of what starter people are leaning towards. And Fue Coco is significantly leading the vote at 36%. I think I'm going Quaxley. Quaxley, my guy, that's 17% in last place. And then Sprigatito is at 28. And so, there's like 20% of people who just want to see the results of the poll. <laughs> one of the coolest things I think they did in the recent history of Pokemon, though, is doing the regional types, you know, where, like we just said in Arceus, Hisui and Growlithe, how this popular Pokemon just looking different and changing it up a bit in its type. I just, I think it, that was brilliant because it's a good way to freshen up the game without going crazy. Yeah, especially like after a while, you run out of ideas of what these little monsters are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And especially for us, and I think everyone is like that, like whatever you grew up with is the ones you like the most. So the original 150 are always going to be my guys. Obviously, there's later ones that I cared about, like, I don't know, Totodile or something like some of those, I guess, a second era of starters. I did enjoy some of those as well. And and of course, Togepi, I guess, from the anime. Everyone likes Togepi. But the point is, like, all the ones that I grew up with are the ones I care about. If you show me a Pokemon now, like, I don't give a fuck about this thing. Oh, I'm, so. I'm a total Gengar stan. I, I don't know why. It's it's not explainable. But, like, Ghastly, Haunter, and Gengar, for some reason, are some of my favorites. Just, oh, it's two right behind you right now. 
Well, yeah, I have Haunter right there. I don't I know. I got my Charmander right there. Yeah. So I where's your Char- Pokemon, James? It's huh? on his shirt, and he's got his little Snorlax. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I, I have, remember. Uh, I have a bunch of Pikachu above me, uh, actually, on shelving. And you have Eevees. Or no, you have like some of the uh, Evolutions kicking around somewhere. Yeah, Jimmy somewhere. Was a, he was a big Evolution guy. Yeah. Big oh, huge. man. In Arceus, the amount of EVs I had to catch to get. Because you had to get like 10 EVs and then you had to evolve all like four or five of them or whatever. Yeah. And then continue on to that. Ugh, it's a, it was a whole thing. Although I did enjoy myself with Pokemon Arceus. Um, so while we're on the topic of video games, I just wanted to quickly mention some of these Game of the Year awards that are being discussed, obviously. Uh, the nominees did come out for Game of the Year. And here's the thing that I'm just relatively interested about is I think this really does affect the way people develop video games. If you look at the game of the year nominees for this year, and it's exactly what we thought it would be, right? Like we knew it would be it's Elden Ring, it's God of War, it's Horizon, it's What's the, the other three? It doesn't matter. Stray and like a couple others, like Xenoblade or some shit. No, those games aren't going to win. It's Which Elden Ring, shocking right? that Xenoblade was nominated, but I think they just needed a Nintendo game in there. I feel like that's the case. They always try to get like that one Nintendo game in. What's the one game I'm missing? Oh, Plague Tale is Plague the one Tale, I'm missing. Yeah. Which came out really late, same as God of War. So what I found interesting, not in this list, and I don't know if it deserved necessarily to be in this list, but not in this list is Halo. No, if you recall, not. Halo came out in like mid to late december last year right but it's it didn't get well received because the multiplayer came out and then the single player was delayed to like april and the co-op was completely canceled yeah like the co-op campaign was canceled so there's no way that game was going to get in there and even then like story wise and gameplay wise of the main story wasn't as well received as something like halo 2 or 3 in your opinion What's the better game, Halo Infinite or Stray? Halo Infinite. But that's because I'm a multiplayer FPS, right? That's. But again, now I'm saying Halo Infinite is a multiplayer experience, not necessarily the single player. Stray is probably in there because of as a whole in the the game as a whole for what it gives you. It probably delivers more than what Halo promised and didn't deliver. Who nominates these anyways? Is it Jeff Keighley? Because if it's well, Jeff the nom- Keighley... They go up and then it's voted. So like yeah. the nominees go up and then everyone votes on them. But uh, I don't well, know no, if it's so- 100% voting or if that's just a partial of what's decided. So Jeff did mention it on the announcement today, and I don't know if I can pull it up fast enough. But based on what I remember he said this morning, it was a... I think they said like over 100 journalists from different outlets mm-hmm. are the ones that... I don't know if they vote or whatever, but they are the ones who are the judges if, of what gets nominated. If Jeff and then nom- that goes to a vote. If Jeff nominated people. the games, he'd be like, and nominee one, my good friend, Hideo Kojima. Nominee I two, you. my good friend, Hideo Kojima. <laughs> we joked about that early on. It was just like, Stray's probably in there because he talked to Hideo Kojima and he said, I really like this game. So he's like, my good friend Hideo Kojima thinks Stray should be nominated for Game of the Year. <laughs> Right? But we all know Elden Ring's going to win, right? Yes. I think it has and to. The sad yeah. thing is, like, I, I didn't play Elden Ring because it's not my thing. I'm not an RPG guy. I'm not a high fantasy guy. 
And that just seemed, and I'm not a Dark Souls guy. So I'm like, <laughs> this is all the things I don't like all in one game. I understand that people like this sort of thing and it's going to be great, but it's not for me. So I didn't even touch it. Um, I just feel so bad for Gorilla Games because Horizon is so goddamn good. And the last one was so good too, but it ran into the Legend of Zelda and Breath of the Wild just swept the game awards that year. Which was and the same awesome thing is going to happen this year. Like, if Horizon came out last year, it 100% was game of the year because it takes two one game of the year last year. Like, I, I, had, I had it pulled up. The nominees last year for game of the year was It Takes Two, Final Fantasy 15, 14? 14. 14. 14. <laughs> Roman numerals tripped me up there. Uh, Dream, which is barely even a game. Uh, Forza Horizon. Genshin Impact. Oh, Halo Infinite was on there. Okay, never mind. That was your nominees. So Genshin, I would understand just because of how much that game swept gaming and they make bank. Like Hoyo makes so much effing money off that game. It's not even funny. And it's actually a decent game. You know, you don't have to play it for the gotcha aspect, but it's actually an enjoyable game. Um but okay. the, the funny uh, for the thing record, is, I, sorry, one second. I read the wrong list for Game of the Year nominees last year. It was Resident Evil Village, It Takes Two, Psychonauts Two, Metroid Dread, Deathloop, and Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Either way, the lackluster list. Yes. Sorry. Go on. I was gonna say, and we all know next year, it's running into like whatever great game that you're gonna play is gonna run right into the next Zelda. Harry Potter. It's not. There's no way that thing's gonna come close <laughs> to beating Zelda for Game of the Year. I know. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Like, whatever comes out next year is not gonna win anything. It's gonna be Harry Potter, or it's, yeah. it's gonna be Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and then the year after that, it's gonna be Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, most likely. I I will say this industry wide, and Jim can speak to this too. Other companies fear Grand Theft Auto when it comes out. Like Dude, they just don't other, even. It's not even other companies. It's fucking Netflix fears Grand. Like Grand Theft Auto is not. It's like it transcends. It's like when it's like when we talk about. I'll get a little like, pull the curtain back. Like when we talk about toys, like at work, right? It's like, what's the competition? The competition isn't fucking other toy companies. The competition is Netflix because you're 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 competing for for time you know, right you're not you're not just competing for dollars so like grand theft auto doesn't just compete with fucking god of war or whatever it competes with netflix and movies like it's because it it's such a time suck and it's so big it's the biggest selling piece of media of all time is grand yep. theft auto 5 so i mean which version all 46 re-releases same I mean, I, I own that game on like four different consoles. Dude, I worked. I, I launched it. I worked for EB Games GameStop when it launched, and I've since worked at four different companies since then. That's, <laughs> That's how crazy. The, yeah. And then, although one thing I will say is, Starfield at the start of next year yeah. is going to be fun. I'm hyped also for true. that. My next year is going to be so slammed for games. It's the worst year to have a kid because there's pro there's going to be the next Zelda. There's going to be Starfield. Then there's Final Fantasy 16. Like, I hate my life. Yeah, there's actually an award in the Game Awards for most anticipated game. And I wish I could pull that up right now. But basically, you're, that's what it is. It's I think it's 
Starfield, Starfield Zelda, Final Fantasy 16, Harry Potter, and Harry Potter. Which I, that's another game. I'm very intrigued by Harry and Potter. Whatever game Hideo Kojima is making. Yeah. And Jeff Keighley's close personal friend Hideo Kojima recommends. They should have the Hideo Kojima recommends award at the Game Awards. But yeah. Actually, one of the coolest uh, new categories, it might be the only new category that is actually most anticipated to put a loop on that. Uh, Final Fantasy, you got it right. Hogwarts, uh, Starfield, Legend of Zelda, and Resident Evil 4. I, like, I don't know who the fuck is anticipating oh, re- a, a remake, remake of Resident Evil 4. But... The cool one, and I think we're going to see a lot of this going forward, and that's why it's a new category, is best, no, best adaptation of taking a video game and adapting it to a different type of media. And the fact that they have five options here for nominees, like there's the Arcane series on Netflix, there's the Cyberpunk series on Netflix, Mm -hmm. there's the Cuphead show on Netflix, there's Sonic the Hedgehog 2 that came out this summer, and the Uncharted movie. Like, those are all actually really good. I mean, I didn't see the Cuphead show, but I heard it was good. The Cyberpunk show I didn't watch, but I heard it was good. But fantastic. Uncharted movie I loved. It wasn't the best movie, but I loved it. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was fine. It was okay. It was an enjoyable kids movie. And Arcane was really good. I, haven't watched I think it Arcane probably wins this, but I really hope Uncharted does. Low-key, the Uncharted. Halo series should have been on there. It was so good. It ended so strong. Good. It ended so strong. Yeah, that's another like, one. Like, I can't believe there's one that because for so long there's video games adaptations that just sucked, right? Mortal so, Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> anything Mortal Kombat was bad. No, the first one was cheesy, just cheesy Watch enough to be awesome. I don't know, man. Street Fighter movie, not good. No, fuck you, Van Damme. Dude, okay, listen. You are probably remembering this with rose colored glasses, and you I watched, watched it last it like week. a month ago. I watched so it last I. week. Well, I, I watched it last week. Six months ago. It's still bad. No, I watched it last week. It's incredible. The American hero, Guile, is clearly French. It's fantastic. <laughs> now, who wants to go home? Oh, who wants to go home with me? That reminds me of this tweet I saw this morning. That son of a bitch bison's ass so hard so, that the next bison the wannabe, next wannabe is going to feel it. That's fucking fantastic. I, I wish I saved this tweet because this guy this morning said, I, I, I watched the new Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie. And it was horrible. It, it seemed like no one wanted to be there. It was the worst writing I've ever seen in my life. Five out of five. I've never laughed so hard. <laughs> so. Speaking of adaptations, though, I, I don't know if Jim saw this yet because I, I, this is more for him, again, because I know this is not your genre. The Dragon Age cartoon comes out in December. Hey. So that I'm really excited. It doesn't say where in the timeline or where in the universe that it all kind of takes place. Like if it's like pre like institution of the Grey Wardens or post, or if it's like right in the height of the Grey Wardens. So it's like, but yeah, it's uh, December 9th. It comes out. So speaking of something that just came out, um, I saw Black Panther this weekend. Did not see it. Well, Wakanda forever, I guess is what it's called. I won't talk too much about it because obviously this movie just came out and there's people who haven't seen it yet. So I will just say that I enjoyed it. It's very long, though. So keep in mind, it's like two hours. 245, yeah. Yeah, it's a long movie. But I think it needed the extra time. So I don't... A lot of times when I watch a long movie, I'm like, oh, they really could have cut this, and they could have cut that, and I don't care about this. And this one, it's like, I understand what you're doing. I know why you need the extra time. So fine. Um, Obviously, if you're a Marvel fan, you already know you're going to watch it. You don't need me to recommend it, but I enjoyed it. 
Something else on my weekend, though, and this will transition into actual sports talk. I went to the Leafs game on Saturday, and I saw what has to be. That's, that might be a bit strong. I, ha- I saw what I think could very well be the worst jersey I've ever seen in my life. Now, by bad jersey, I don't mean like some bootleg one that James bought online. This may have been bootleg. I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention to it because there's something else that was glaring about this jersey. The name on the back? The name on the back was their own last name. So this is already strike That's one. That's cut, yeah. Can you... <laughs> the number that this person chose. 69. No. Hold on. Let, let me give you a hint. First of all, I think we've all talked... We've talked about this before in a previous episode about jersey rules and yeah. how I hate... When people use like, actually, I saw two really bad jerseys. Um, not nearly as bad as the one I was about to refer to. But now that you mentioned sixty nine, I want to talk about this other one for a second. I saw a guy walking around with a jersey that had seventeen on it. I'm like, oh, cool, an old school Wendell Clark jersey. No, it was the motherfucker's last name. Like, listen, pal, if you're gonna put your own last name on a jersey, which I already think you should not be doing, you do not take a retired number. What the hell's wrong with you? Not yeah, a retired respect. number. Captain Crunch, like the like top five, top three Maple Leaf of all time. There's no way you take that. That man, that man will punch a size your face. That is no, you don't take that man's number. And Sully, the great Wendell Clark. Right. Well, it's, that's, that's just, it's honest. Okay. Now, hold on. I also like to uh, preface this by saying these are all rules for men. Women can wear whatever the fuck they want. I'm not going to comment on women's fashion. Um, however, this man. Had his own last name. So different guy. This is the original one I was talking about. Had his own last name on the jersey. It was like Ramirez or some shit. I don't know. Um, he had something I've never seen before. A three-digit number. I didn't know they even had enough space is on it, the arm. Is it 416? Three digits. It's not 416. I was going to ask if you guys can guess what those three... It's not 905, not 416. You're thinking way too intelligently. For, it's, it's not a area code. 666? 666, I would have been somewhat acceptable just because it would have been funny. No, I will uh, put you out of your misery. It was 007. Oh my God. <laughs> what this a loser. With a 007 Maple Leaf jersey with, <laughs> with his, his own, own last name, name on the back. Well, it wasn't like it said Bond on the I was back. Say, At least that would have been funny. Bond, right? Like, not even not Bond, not like Brosman. You are not, one uh, pathetic not loser. Craig. <laughs> what a loser! Like, oh my god, dude! If I worked at the Jersey shop where he got that lettered, I'd be like, I'm no. not doing this, dude. I'm not. Well, that's you what put I mean. The, like, put I, I don't know if it was bootleg because I don't know at the store if they would Sir, even no. do that for you. Right? He, he put the work order in front of me. I would just tear it in front of his face. I would look at it, read it, and just be like, No. It's it's like tattoo artists. If you go in there and it's like a complete dumbass tattoo. I was getting tattooed once, and a guy walked in, and I don't know if he was like clearly drunk or if he's just it was just a really dumb idea so i'm sitting there laying down and like my artist and then i'm talking to one of the other artists because it was a long session so it was near the end this guy walks in and he's like hey uh do you guys do like on the spot tattoos the guy's like yeah like we can do flash if it's not you know super big and it's only going to take like an hour and a half or something he's like all right i want to get elmer fudd tattooed on my ass with the gun pointing at my asshole and a 
text bubble that says, come out, you mangy rabbit. And the guy was like, get out. No. Absolutely not. horrible. Why I don't, know, I don't think do that's that? more acceptable than the Bond jersey with your <laughs> own name on it. At least that's that the kind of guy though, that tells people he does karate, though. And he's like, I'm a double dragon tip black belt karate master. And I have a 007 lace jersey. No, I, well, you don't even crack that out. You don't like that's something you donate to the Salvation Army. They wouldn't yeah. even want it. Well, like, <sighs> and, like take it back. My, my whole thing is the idea, too. Like, could you imagine being there for the idea? He's like, I got a great idea. I'm going to get a jersey with my name, but instead of a number, I'm going to put 007. Well, that's People it. are going to think know, I'm so cool. You know this guy has zero friends, because if he did, one of them would have stopped him from doing it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the funny thing yeah. is, watch it be someone we know, and we're just like, why? I certainly hope you don't know this person. I'm actually going to Leaf game on Thursday, too. Devils. Nice. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully when you go, they will be able to ice a team. Because today we got word that Jake Muzzin is out indefinitely. Although we kind of knew yeah. that Jake Muzzin probably wasn't going to play again this season. Um, it was I, not necessarily confirmed, but the fact that he is out indefinitely and his status will be reevaluated in late February, according to Lee's PR on Twitter. Um, it sounds like he's probably not going to play again this season, and who knows like what the career will be for Jake Muzzin going forward. And then also buried into this update by Lee's PR was that TJ Brody has been placed on injured reserve too with an oblique injury. Yep. Now, obliques usually aren't a fun injury to uh, recover from, so I don't know what the timetable is for TJ Brody's injury. But nevertheless, the Maple Leafs are going to have to make some <laughs> decisions going forward on their back end. Right now, uh, today they were practicing with Riley and Jordy Ben together. And you had Giordano and Hall and then Sandine and Lilligren with Hollowell as the extra. I don't know, guys. That looks a little rough. I mean, fortunately, Ben looked really good on Saturday night. He did. He dumped so, a couple guys. He played well. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I, obviously, I, I don't want to see Muzzin hurt, and I don't want to see uh, Brody hurt. Those are two guys that would make this team better. But it, it'll be interesting to see with Jamie Ben and or Jamie <laughs> what Jordy Br- Ben can bring to the table. I, mean, I wish Jamie Ben <laughs> was here. Um, well, in some cases, Jamie Ben's a bit of a, a bit of an idiot, to be honest. That's what However, we need. <laughs> not only that, but Matt Murray looks to be back uh, he's been activated off the injured reserve he should be starting tomorrow i guess tonight by the time you hear this episode matt murray will be between the pipes uh poor keith petrozelli didn't even get an opportunity and uh, joseph wall i believe is going to start playing again soon as well he's at least reporting to the marlies so it looks like the leafs are you know <laughs> they're getting some goaltending back which is nice uh but the news about Brody is a little uh, concerning, and there's been a lot of articles today on TSN, on Sportsnet, and The Athletic as well of talking about, okay, now is the time to start looking for a replacement for Jake Muzzin. I don't know what that replacement is. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the option is for them. What do you think? And again, I don't know if that's even the answer. I think at this point, they knew for a while that Jake Muzzin wasn't coming back and they haven't done anything yet. 
So I don't know if this necessarily, but like this new update of saying, you know, he's going to be reevaluated in February, I don't think is a new update. I think that's just them confirming what we've all been believing. So I don't necessarily think now is the time to make a move to replace Jake Muzzin, but if you had to, what are you guys thinking of what you would bring in or who you'd bring in, who you're looking at? Uh, is it from within? Is it a trade you're looking at? Like, what's the option here? I just really hope they don't see Jordy Ben as, well, now we got Jordy Ben. He's the same kind of player. And that's, you know, because that's not your solution. I, to be honest, it's also really early to try and figure out what teams currently have and what they'd be trying to get rid of, like who's buyers and sellers. It's still really early. That shit we probably won't even know till mid-December, January. Because at that point, then teams start are really settled into where they are. And, you know, you might shuffle standings, you know, up or down a couple spaces. But at that point, you'll really know who's bottoming out for Connor Bedard and who's, you know, kind of pushing for playoffs. So I don't know. That's tough. Like you see guys around the league where you're like, I really love them on my team. But those teams are typically doing pretty well. And, you know, you'll never get them on your team. So, I mean... A lot of people are like, we should have got Ethan Bear. And I'm like, that's not that's not the solution, right? It's not gonna help. He's a right-handed shot, yeah, but he's literally more of what you already have, just a right-handed shot. Um I mean, in a in a perfect world, like if it all worked out, you know, you would hope a guy like Chikorin would be what you'd be targeting, you know, a top flight defenseman that's a right shot. But again, you know, that's going to cost you heavy capital in terms of current roster players, prospects, picks and shit like that, that it may not even be worth it right now. Especially with if what you need isn't necessarily a one-two guy, if what you need is, you know, a three-four guy that's more rough around the edges, that's not going to cost you a lot. And generally, those guys at the deadline are fourth round picks. Well, right? what's interesting, and I, I like where you're headed with that, but also keep in mind, and James, keep this in mind before you respond, they're at their contract Ooh. limit. So anything that they do bring in, they're going to have to move someone out as well, right? Like you can't so, just like throw as much as I would prefer that option of throwing a fourth yeah. round pick out for a third a third pairing kind of guy, but that's not really an option at, at this point. The way this team is constructed, they, Matt brought up a good point that um, it's too early for buyers and sellers. So whatever's coming this way, if it comes now before, let's say the holiday, will have to be somewhat of a hockey trade, right? Like it's going to have to involve probably active players or at least decent players on both sides and and we've talked kind of ad nauseum about this and i and in their latest kind of <clears throat> ebb or flow again i don't know which one's right hills or valleys right in, in their latest kind of valley um i think you're right i think it's still apparent what what they need so i'm, I'm gonna throw this out there and you guys feel free throw it right back if you if you don't agree but the the seattle kraken have carson susie who is uh ufa at the end of the year uh, i believe um is probably isn't going to cost you a lot from seattle now seattle's playing very well uh and winning winning a decent amount of games however um if you're a team like seattle and you want to continue to grow and build hanging on to ufas is probably not the best way to do it um so if i'm the toronto maple leafs and you can get a guy like carson susie in here early enough to gel with the team play and not be a deadline addition i th I, I don't think it would cost you much in terms of the roster, like I would, I would even, I would do Kerfoot for Susie straight up with the amount of forward depth we have. Like that's, you know, it's some salary out. Um, 
you know, a, a, a different type of player that you need. Like, again, you're going to have to give something to get something in these situations. No, you're shaking and we can hear it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's why we're laughing. It's like, you've got, you've got um, the, you've always had that where I have the thing where like I play with my hair. Or, it's like, ADHD, buddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's a guy like he's tough as nails, uh, can move the puck. He's kind of, he reminds me of Muzzin a little bit. He can, he can make a good first pass. He can, uh, hit and, and beat the shit out of people. So, you know, we that's the kind of for roughing Dubois. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, kind of like, it's what you what, want. Right. You know, so, uh, and the guy can skate too. Like he's not a plug. So I think that's, yeah. that's a great option, um, for them to look at. So that's, that's a place where I would start to look if I was Kyle Dubas. And again, I know people like Kerfoot's versatility, but as sometimes you got to make tough choices. I know he was potentially someone Seattle was going to look at. So, you know, that might make it an attractive option for them. If it, in a perfect world, I'd be like, you guys like Pierre Engvall? <laughs> like, what's, what's your opinion on tall Swedish see, dudes? No, uh, but see, here's the thing. <laughs> that I would do before Kerfoot. Because you're not but subtracting Seattle, too much. Right, but Seattle's the, you have okay, to, then, do, right? then you do this. To sweeten the pot, you say, here, we'll send Engvall, and we'll give you a mid-level prospect. You're subtracting two contracts. You're picking up one. You're giving them not a blue-chip guy, so you're not giving them you know, your Matthew Knees. You're not giving them your Sandine, although I'm slowly starting to look at Sandy being like, that might be a chip you play in the offseason. But anyway, we move on. Uh, like you're not giving away from the Roberts in the knees or the Sandine and you're shedding two contracts. You're getting rid of a guy who doesn't even look like he wants to be here. And I don't mean by here in Toronto. I just mean like on this the planet, face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like your like angle just sometimes like the dude like- scored, but like, don't like people be like, Oh, Engvall. dude, if I had parked my ass in that spot that he did, I would have scored yeah. too. Like you should score on an empty net from there. Like that is, that is, hockey 101 where he scored from last game you're at a 45 degree angle from the net for rebounds like that you were blind you could score that goal so i can't yeah. give the guy credit for that like he didn't work hard to get there so no and i just think though there is a deal to be made that you could shed that plus a couple contracts for mid-level guys that are in the marley's that then you can make it work in such a way that you're not taking away a versatile player that you genuinely like and use in a lot of situations. Unlike Engel, where or what if it's bigger? Let's think bigger. What if it's what if it's both of them for Susie and Tanev? I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, hundred percent, I would do that. What if? Let's, you know, let's just get crazy. Let's, let's just get crazy. What if it's <laughs> Engvall and a mid-level prospect, a first-round pick, and fucking Alex Kerfoot for Susie and Shane Wright because they look like they don't want that fucking guy in Seattle anyway. <laughs> yeah, they can't decide it. what they can't decide what to do with him. I, but I don't think I, feel I don't so think he's bad for that kid too. I don't think he would be. Well, I don't. I mean, it's his attitude. Um, do you think that's it though, or do you think they just don't know how to manage? Because the team's playing better than they thought nah, he would. He was he, he got he got dro- he got dropped for a reason. Um, yeah, well, there's a lot of talk that in his pre-draft interviews were not good at all. Like they right. were bad. But that's that's they have the to perfect... have been really bad because he was like a consensus one or two yeah. for, for a while. I mean, almost his entire junior career. 
And then the draft comes along, and I don't remember what number it was. He was 10 or 11 or whatever. No, six. Like he fell fourth? away. Um, That's a good question. But, I actually don't remember where he – I don't think it was four. Like I think he fell quite away in the draft. Six, I think. Oh, no, but, never mind. Um, it was four. <laughs> what do I know? Four. But even but, still, but, for a guy who, since he was over, like uh, underage exception yeah. to junior, and then fr- essentially when you get that tag, you're pretty much going to go first overall. I don't think there's been a, like an exception to age player that hasn't gone first overall. John Tavares. Yeah, John Tavares was the exception. But he didn't um, go first. What? Yeah, he did. No, Victor Hedman did. No, Hedman went too. I, I, the way I, I remember Tavares went first, but did I he? will bet you $100. Because Brian Burke tried, knew he was going to go first overall and tried to sign him to a minor league contract without having to draft him. They tried to figure Conf- it away. He went first overall. Confirmed first overall. Oh, okay. Um, but that that Seattle's a perfect team to work with because they're so far. Like, you couldn't pick a team further from Toronto, like, even geographically, uh, to make yeah. that work. So, I like, Susie, Susie would be the first person. ripe for the picking right now, too. Yeah, but they don't have the pieces, right? I don't think they have what we are looking for or what I would personally be looking for. I mean, Dubas would probably take another four and eight foot <laughs> defenseman, but I don't know. I would take all of Rackman Larson. If they were willing to retain, I would spice that up a little bit more. It's like eight more years on his deal, isn't it? Like four. I think it's like four, but like if he's not your number one guy and he's an Rackman Larson has five more years on his deal. And how much money? Uh, 7.26. <laughs> So if they take half of that and you send Kerfoot the other way, plus but they're like strapped. They're hit. strapped for cash too, anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, they're, Vancouver. They're, they're, they have some thick. cap space. They're thick in the hunt for Connor Bedard too, though. Actually, no, I lied. I read the wrong number. They do not have any cap space. Right, they're not retaining. <laughs> well, they're shit. the perfect zero. It was they have the, zero. Yeah, they're yeah. at the perfect cap number that. without yeah, right. anything. Yeah, they're not retaining shit. That. <laughs> so yeah, but no, they're they're right in the hunt for Connor Bedard, like. That's his favorite team growing up. That was, he's from there. Like that's, they want that kid. And did you see the stats on the sellouts for all the places that he's playing? Yeah, the WHL, apparently they're selling him like mad. Oh my God, it's stupid. It's stupid. It reminds me of the years when Tavares and matt duchene were like rivaling for rivaling for that number one spot even though duchene was never going to get it but everywhere those guys went that year like it was a sellout crowd in the ohl it was crazy it's really cool though like when you're experiencing that kind of atmosphere for a pick and like as a kid if you can still deliver and you can still produce in those kind of games at that age it's you know good on you the kids like from everything you've seen right now he's special like he does things that you shouldn't be doing at that age to people much bigger than you. You know, I'm looking at this Vancouver Canucks uh, salary situation right now, and I would like Luke Shen at 850 right now. That'd be pretty nice. That's another. I'd be okay play. with that as like a six seven guy where he's maybe yeah. not playing every night, but you swap him in. Dude, he beat the shit out of somebody the other night. It was great. But what I am very okay with not having, and you know, we give Dubis shit a lot, especially for the Yangball contract, but. How proud of Dubis are you to not be paying Ilya Mikheyev 4.75? <laughs> or Jack Campbell 
Dude, they're calling for buyouts on Campbell in in Edmonton, and they don't understand that that's gonna call. That's eight years of like three million. Two and a half million. Yeah. million. Like, okay, buddy. Uh, like, look what math. look at the situation Minnesota's in. Yeah. Right, because they had to buy out Parise and Ryan Suter. Yeah, but yeah, Lucien wouldn't be a bad option. Um, you know, Dubis, yeah, you're right. We do give Dubis shit. Like, Dubis has won, I would say, on the contracts he hasn't handed out versus the contracts he has. Like, he's he's yes. better at walking away from players than he is at, acqu- <laughs> at signing and acquiring yeah. them. Which, which is arguably a more, I guess, it's, indicative it's of tough. what you would want. Because GMs get trigger happy. Or they, they right? have this, like, weird, like... Attachment? Yeah. You know, and uh, like, I can see to, being attached to Austin Matthews. I can see you being attached to Marner. Like those are special, you know, 1% talent. But after the year McKay have had with 21 goals and how effective he was on the penalty and kill, whatever. It takes a nutsack yeah. to walk away from both of those guys. So I'll give him, I'll give yeah. credit where credit is due. You know, Campbell making $5 million a year over the next five years. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, Tyson, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the Edmonton Oilers right now. Okay, <laughs> of all the guys, Edmonton X that Dubis said no thanks to. Uh, Tyson Berry, four and a half million dollars this year and next year. Cody Cece cool. is making three two five this year, next year, and the year after. So and then let's Cece three point two five. Dude, we like paid him four and a half. Don't talk shit. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, but not, they not long term. It's like no. two years. Yeah, it was a year, I think. And then, of course, Zach Hyman, five and a half, and he got like seven years or whatever. And, and he's that was right. obviously the. I mean, I like Zach Hyman, and I think he's worth five and a half now. I think in seven years? years from now, they're going to be like, Ugh. not even <laughs> in seven is, years. In two yeah. years, that contract's going to look real bad. Yeah, those are road miles, sir, on that man, right? Yeah. Like, that's not. Those aren't stallion miles, man. Those are like farm donkey miles on him. Yeah, and he's playing West Coast hockey, which is mark like very different than East Coast so hockey. It, like the travel watch, and then the beat up. You, you watch the games. Like I, I challenge anyone play a, a Maple Leafs game and any West Coast game side by side, and it's just so different. Like it's just so much more vicious. It's um, been like that for like fifteen years. I know, right? But yeah, I just—is it just me or is it weird that? Edmonton looked good for a bit, and now it's the goalie controversy, and they can't win games they should be win- Like, Dude, I don't know. Edmonton and Toronto that have the like exact Edmonton same... every year. Edmonton and Toronto have the exact same parallel right now. It's they, true. They draft great players. They haven't got the proper defense or goalie situation figured out. You know, Edmonton could have used a little more toughness, and I think that's why they got Hyman. And and to an extent, Evander Kane, who, you know, bless up. Hopefully that man feels better. I don't wish that on anyone. Um, you know, it's it's weird how how like they have they're top heavy, and uh, you know when they called for for dealing from a position of strength, it was like okay, move Nugent Hopkins, and then you know they don't pull the trigger, and they're still they're still looking for the same things that have have plagued them since. I mean. Edmonton's won a round or two, but ultimately, unless you win a cup, you're in the same position. You don't. You're if you don't win a cup, you're in the same position, right? I got some breaking news, but I don't know if I want to 
talk about in this segment or not. You know, we're pretty much done with the hockey talk. Um, this is an interesting one. And I, I'm always weary about Twitter now because I don't know who's like a real account and who's not a real account. I'm just going to quickly click on this and make sure this is the actual right account. Okay, it looks like it is. Um, this is from Front Office Sports, and they're a really cool follow if you like the business side of sports. Um, the tweet says as follows. Former Major League Baseball star Yasiel Puig has pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about placing bets in an illegal gambling operation. Puig, who recently played in South Korea, uh, placed 899 bets on football, basketball, and tennis over three months in 2019. He faces up to five years in prison. For, for dealing with a bookie? Or an illegal gambling operation. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but that's interesting. Dude, that's kind of bullshit. Five years in prison. Rapists get five years. Rapists get less than five years. That's what I mean. Like this, the whole justice system is fucked. And I, like, like I'm like I wanted Puig on the the Jays at one point because I thought he'd be a great like he had all the tools we needed at one time. He was just a head case, but uh, would have been cool. But that's fucked, man. Five years is too much. Yeah, yeah. especially for like especially like in the landscape we live in right now. In at least in this part of the world, and that's the thing. Like when you go over to the Asian countries, like it's a different culture, right? And Maddie, obviously, you know much more about South Korea than I ever will. But and I don't know I'm what just, the gambling. I didn't, I didn't even know Puig played there. I could have saw him play, and I'm pissed yeah, off. That would have been cool. Like I don't know what the gambling situation is in South Korea, right? And you know, it's similar to that WNBA story with Brittany uh, Reiner. Reiner, Reiner. Yeah. What, um, Reiner. Where, like, just. I honestly think it's an honest mistake of like, I smoke my weed wherever I want in the United States. And then you forget that it's in your bag. You go travel to Russia. Then all of a sudden you're in prison for like a life sentence or where the fuck you got. Um, that's terrifying of like, what can happen if you're like, just not aware of like the little things that little things, is not the right word, but like the, the lifestyle nuances, that we have nuances, yeah. in the Western world. And when you start traveling and you take those, you know, privileges or lifestyles with you it can catch up to you man that's crazy that's why then again, like we don't know exactly to the extent of what yeah. these gambling uh situations were with me yeah. um but if it is just placing bets on something like that's something we literally talk about on the show every week yeah like i i'm very when i travel it's like i know this is a complete off topic of sports i'm very aware and i keep this in mind saying that how i live and the things i do here do not apply there and not necessarily, and that's not unilaterally across the board. That's just, I have to keep that in mind that there's certain things that I either expect here that aren't applicable there. Like in Korea, for example, just because it's, you know, topical for what you just brought up here, you hold the door for someone, you know, you, or they hold it for you, you say, thank you or whatever. You don't hold the door for people in Korea. Like that's just not a thing. So like I held the door for people and like they would just walk in and not say anything. And my wife's like, yeah, that's not a thing here. Like people don't hold doors for people. And it's not because it's like a rude thing or whatever. It's just not part of the culture. Right. Right. So like it's a minor example, but it's kind of representative of understanding the cultural differences. <laughs> yeah. Be the the littlest thing you don't think about. Yeah. You hold the door for someone in Korea. They don't say thank you. Like you're welcome. Fuck face. <laughs> I actually said you're welcome to someone. They kind of just looked at me and I'm like also forgetting they probably don't speak english that well yeah <laughs> so they're like who's this fucking gringo yeah. although that's spanish not korean but that's funny know, it's yeah like it's 
the, that's like the whole thing with the Britney Griner thing. I also think a lot of that is a political issue as well, that it's not so much the weed. If they just use that as an excuse to sure, get, yeah, they just wanted to get an American and they got one. Right. And then with Puig though, my only thing is, is there's a lot of, on the surface in Asia, there's a lot of everything seems fine and cool and it's very safe. But then in the underground, it's very, very different, like very different. Um, and so I wonder if where he was betting, how he was betting, the people he was betting with may have had ties with other things. And either A, um, that's their, you know, saying these are the people you were messing with. You shouldn't have been now you're in trouble or b that these people he either didn't pay them or didn't do something he was supposed to do and they're like well we're gonna out you and get you in trouble it's funny how i i just looked up some more information on this case and my options were like ktla news in los angeles um yahoo sports or tmz sports and i clicked on tmz because i know like they're actual reporters who give a shit Whereas, their sports is actually very good. Right, like, there's so many of these other news outlets that are like just they just take the Associated Press article and they copy and paste and throw it in there. Where like I feel like TMZ actually tries to get comment from people and do what like journalists are supposed to do. Um, officials say in a matter of weeks he racked up two hundred eighty-two thousand nine hundred dollars in gambling losses, and then cut two separate hundred thousand dollar checks to the operators of the illegal gambling business to pay off his debts. And continue to make bets. So it sounds like he was in deep and then just tried to shovel his way out of it. But again, it's not like specific on like why or how this is an illegal gambling rig. Like I don't know what that even means. So guys, like don't we worry. We will have I to got, see. I got two hundred grand on the pack or on the Cowboys. It's gonna be fine. Aaron Rodgers sucks. I'm gonna get out of this. <laughs> Cowboys, all the way, baby. And then lo and behold, the Green Bay Packers came storming back and won that game in overtime nfl week 10 was quite the scene oh couple games I, that were arguably games of the year like obviously the packers aren't sexy but the you know right now but the cowboys are still america's team for all intents and purposes right that that game going to overtime in the way that it did was crazy and then you have the vikings game against the bills where like we turned it off at one point because we're like, oh, bills are up. This isn't over. And then, yeah, yeah when you can't score a touchdown in the second half and it's the bills, like that's that's a hard way to win a game. And similar situation with the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys, where the Packers scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and the Cowboys were shut out. And all of a sudden, like, oh, we have a game on our hands. Like, <laughs> this that's the most Aaron Rodgers thing, too, though. Like that's what that dude does though. He play his best I think his best statistics are in the fourth quarter. Well, that's what he did for the most of his career. Yeah. Um but that hasn't been the Aaron Rodgers this year. And I know James you want to talk a bit about this. Like obviously Aaron Rodgers is has not shown to be the guy that he had been his entire career. I mean, he was MVP last year. And Tom Brady. Tom Brady isn't even close. Now, obviously, there's things going on in Tom Brady's life that is very public. And the fact that it is very public, I think, is definitely weighing on him. I don't know if Tom is, uh, if his mind is all there with the team right now. I think Aaron Rodgers absolutely is not with all the team right now. Like, how many times during that game do we see him just yelling at Matt LaFleur? Like, this is not 
I mean, you you do see like head coaches and their quarterbacks go back and forth at each other at times in in every game, but I like that. It it really looks like especially like I think it was in the fourth quarter of that game when the Packers it was like fourth and one and there was minimal time left on the clock and they they punted and he's like what the fuck like what are we doing here like are we trying to win this game or what and they, obviously they end up winning the game anyways but like to not trust Aaron Rodgers on a fourth and one in the fourth quarter like that's that's yeah but it's not right 2008 there. anymore right I think that's it's not the... no it's absolutely not and I'm not saying Matt Lafleur is wrong but I think that's how Aaron Rodgers is thinking like I'm Aaron fucking Rodgers and you're not trusting me right now. Or you're so, not like yeah, but he's not thinking he's he still thinks he's twenty eight year old Aaron Rodgers, not yeah thirty nine year old Aaron Rodgers. And but, then of course, we've seen some of the most ridiculous play from one Justin Fields. And what drives me nuts about Justin Fields, it was two weeks ago, where I believe it was the Dallas Cowboys that were on by. And I needed to pick up a, a quarterback in fantasy football. <laughs> and I'm looking at the waiver wire, and there was Justin Fields, and there was Marcus Mariota. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know about this Fields guy. I think Mariota, like, I know Fields' ceiling is higher, but the floor is, like, more stable with Mariota. I know, like, worst-case scenario, I'm going to get, like, 15 points out of Mariota. Best-case scenario, I'm going to get, like, 18 points. <laughs> like, there isn't a lot of ceiling there, but, like, Justin Fields, I'm like, I can get five points with Justin Fields or I can get 20 points with Justin Fields. So, like, to me, I'm like, I'm going to go the safe way. I'm going to go Mariota. Someone else picked up Justin Fields, and then he put up 40 points two weeks ago, and then this past week he put up another, like, 38 or something. He is rushing better than any other running back in the league over the past two weeks. He broke Michael Vick's record two weeks ago and now almost did it again the very next week. He, in a matter of two weeks, has become the most impactful player in the NFL. That doesn't make sense on paper. It doesn't, but it does. I mean, like, there was a reason that, you know... That draft class was a toss-up between four guys um, because I think they're all incredibly talented. I was, you know, when we talk, Justin Fields has a lot of the raw talent. And, I mean, we kind of laughed about the Bears, and I said the Bears would be better than we give them credit for. I think it just takes time for, you know, we talked a little bit, little bit about this a couple weeks ago. The Bears have a shit ton of cap space. They just got Chase Claypool. You know, they have David Montgomery. They've got Khalil Herbert and the, the, the two-back system there. Well, sort of. Herbert did leave that game with an injury. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but, I mean, in big picture, right? He has weapons. Um, and he's launching the ball, too. Like, he's not, he's not just running it. He's, like, he's throwing the ball incredibly well. Like, the, like I don't know, man. If he... If he st- I'm not saying the Bears are going to make anything of the season, but if he leads them to respectability, I'm not saying he wins MVP, but he's got to be in the the general conversation if he continues uh, yeah, this play. I, I agree. I think if he continues this play and he takes this donkey of a team to the playoffs, then yeah, he should be in the conversation. And I say donkey of the team because they lost to the Lions. Like we're, I'm looking. Like, the, the headlines of that whole game was, like, Justin Fields, you know, 100, 150 yards or whatever it was and two touchdowns on the ground. It's, like, another incredible performance statistically for Justin Fields. But 
the Lions won that game. And I know very well the Lions won that game because that broke up my five game parlay. And I was very <laughs> upset about it when I thought like, oh, this is this is in the bag. They're up like three touchdowns. <laughs> like this is, and then the Lions outscored the Bears 21-6 in the fourth quarter. And like, okay, I didn't know the Lions were capable of scoring 21 points, let alone doing it in one quarter. So when I when I'm on my lunch, I um on sorry, on days that I work from home, I um I usually watch first take on TSN. So I get the the full Stephen A. Smith experience, which I've always That's said like people sorry i said that's a treat so we get clips of Stephen a on social media and we get like very isolated things from him he's actually much better than there's a reason he's where he is and and why he's like he's not a moron um he's just boisterous and it's entertaining um he was talking about justin fields moving uh into the mvp conversation i think it was dan orlovsky was like yeah, and 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 Stephen A was like, no, like it, he's not going to win it, but there there would be some talk. But the the counter to all of that was how jo- Josh Allen has fallen out of the MVP conversation at this point. And as much as I give credit to Justin Fields for kind of playing himself, possibly even in like even in these discussions we're having now, the fact that Josh Allen has basically given away how many games now. He gave Three. away the Jets game. Two in a row. He gave away this game. You know, how do you how do you fumble the ball at your goal line? Like, I, if he got sacked, he, that's a safety and two points, and they're still winning. He fumbled the ball, and it was a, it was a touchdown. Well, not to mention when he was trying to mount the comeback at the end of the game too, he had a he had an interception in the end zone too, where it was just what's well, that, going that on. Inter- well, he's also his arm. They're saying he's going to need the equivalent of Tommy John. Yeah, right. So should he even be playing in that game? Right. Like I don't. I don't means- know. You know, and yeah, and the the thing is, like, they force the way the Bills play, they force Josh Allen to do some pretty fucked up shit. Like he. Like, they don't play basic football. Like, everything has to be this miracle scramble. Either he's running for 10, 12 yards just to get a first down, or he's scrambling out of, like, to throw to Stefan Diggs in this weird angle or something, right? Like, like the Bills are a weird team right now. Like, I don't really think they're as put together as we thought they might have been. Well, it's just the, the cracks are evident, right, where it's, they're probably not as full as we thought in terms of that if one piece goes down, that whole team crumbles. So Josh Allen goes, that team doesn't last. If it was Stefan Diggs, that team doesn't last. And and now on the defensive end, if that's Von Miller, that team doesn't last. Like there's linchpins on this team that they can't survive if one of those three goes. Now other teams can sustain because yes, while you may have, you know, a, a player that, you know, obviously dictates a lot, but there's better supporting cast around them that they can sustain a guy being out a couple weeks or whatever. The bills don't have that. Not to the degree that other teams would or could. Um, 
even the team they were facing. I mean, look at look at how deep the Vikings are, right? Man, the Vikings just look so good. Like so I much would... better than I thought they were gonna look. I thought they were gonna be decent, but to this degree and this good. I would like to point out that you picked that them for the Super Bowl. Yes, we know. At the very beginning of the year, we all made our picks of who's gonna win each division, who's gonna win the Super Bowl. Uh James picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, which mm, you know, third place in the division st- currently. It we'll still could goes. happen, but uh even better than James's pick was Maddie's pick with the Rams winning the Super Bowl, oh, who are currently uh <laughs> <laughs> who are currently three and six. And Probably then we'll still was... make the playoffs in that division. And then there we yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a very smart young man who uh said that the Minnesota Vikings would be the winners of the Super Bowl and they are currently eight and one. And I mean at the time of recording they are second place in the NFL. I don't know What's going to happen at the end of this Monday Night Football game? And I'm actually now very concerned that the fact that this Monday Night Football game has been going for a while now and I haven't received a notification of a touchdown from Miles Sanders. <laughs> and I'm very upset now because I kind of forgot about that and I needed a ton of points out of Miles Sanders. And right now, Miles Sanders... <laughs> God damn it. So I, I'm playing this fantasy football matchup and I need like 13 points for Miles Sanders to, to pull out the victory. It is now all like six minutes left of the second quarter, and Miles Sanders has one rush for six yards. So I feel uh, really good about winning that fantasy football matchup. Nevertheless, um, the Minnesota Vikings are eight and one, and looks like they are going to be a prime contender for the Super Bowl. However, not all my picks are perfect, although this week they were. So if you're following along with us as we make our NFL picks for each week. I said the Giants over the Texans in week 10, and that paid. Maddie said the Dolphins over the Browns, and that paid. But then there was James who said the Falcons over the Panthers, and that did not pay. So unfortunately, and I switched if too. You... I remember I switched. Yeah. And then the, the you... fucking Panthers, the nobody Panthers, take on I'm your Marcus sure. Mariota ceiling floor. I'm pretty sure, as you mentioned it, and I said to you, I'm like, I don't know, man. Last time those teams played each other, it was a shootout, and Devontae, Devontae Foreman just went off, and he did that again. So I hate to say I told you so, but you know what? I think, if anything, we're proving that I'm right more often than not. So uh, you may want to listen to me on this week's picks. For week 11, I have my Baltimore Ravens defeating the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Maddie, since you actually have, you're actually in the lead with seven correct answers thus far through 10 weeks. I have six correct answers through 10 weeks. What are you thinking for week 11? So I, I picked some powerhouse teams early, so I'm starting to struggle with some of these games because the teams I didn't pick are either going against these powerhouse teams or they're just really sussy games that it's kind of a toss up. So I'm actually going with the Commanders over the Texans. Not because I have faith in the Commanders, but because the Texans are trash. And they've never been good. So the Texans, yeah, the Texans are pretty horrible this year. So I'm going with the Commanders over the Texans to... I, for me, I feel that's the safest pick this week. Well, James, what about yours? I am going with the Eagles in the Sunday night game. I... 
pray to God the Eagles don't lose today and then lose all their confidence going into next week. <laughs> but I need to start picking some powerhouse teams. And I'm going with the currently, as of recording, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles and my boy, my second favorite team in, in the NFL, with my boy Jalen Hurts. I don't know if you're looking at a different schedule than I am, but the Eagles are uh, not playing the Sunday night game. What they are playing a one they are playing a one o'clock game in <laughs> Indianapolis. Who are they okay. playing? Oh shit, that's fine. I'll still take the Eagles over the Colts. I, mean, I don't think yeah, the Eagles Jeff Saturday. The still good bet. I don't think the Jeff Saturday magic lasts against the Eagles. <laughs> we didn't even mention that. What a story that was. <laughs> but we need to move on. Uh, Jeff Saturday uh, aside. Hold on, though. You it, don't want to talk about the Jets beating the Bills. That was Jim last week. Eat, oh, was that, that last was week? that was terrible. Yeah, the yeah, Bills yeah. played the, the Jets on the bye week this week. Yeah. The, Jets, the Jets uh did not lose this week. I'll, well I'll deserved rest. They haven't they've only lost three times this year. What are you talking about? Did not lose. I'm just I'm I'm just saying a factual statement. The Jets yeah. did not lose this week. Undefeated for two don't weeks. Don't they have a better record than the Ravens right now? They have an equal record to the Ravens right now, actually. Okay. Um, but talking about winners and losers, last week we had a contest going on where if you were to follow our wonderful sponsors, Now Your Treasures, on Instagram, if you were to comment on their 399th post, if you would have followed us, if you would have added that post of Now Your Treasures to your story, there's a whole way, a, a myriad of ways for you to enter into this contest. And the winners have been drawn, and we have been given the Iggy, so to speak, of who those winners are. And there will be a full video posted on Now Your Treasures Instagram of the winners and what they won, and they will get in contact with you directly if you are one of those winners. But since we already know, we're just going to you know, give the, give the goods out immediately here. So... And before, you, looking... before you do get into that, we did try yes. to get the audio to work. It wasn't working in the video that was presented to us. So we just wrote it into our notes here. And Dustin's just going to give her a read. Yeah. And the best thing about this is that they're all like Instagram names. So now I have to like figure out how to say some of these names. So there isn't a uh, Avengers print that is going to go to Darth Mythius. And I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly or not, but that is the Avengers print. The Big Lebowski print is going to go to Bonilio. Boni, no, there's no O there. Boniel twelve ninety eight. Boniel, Boniel, sure. <laughs> uh, there's a coffee and cigarettes print that's going to go to Cristino Fastino. God damn, I cannot read Cristina Fasciano. I was putting like the two names together at once. <laughs> Uh, the Mr. fourth Beast. print uh, is sorry, go ahead, James. I said Mr. Beast. Just... <laughs> <laughs> They're just all gamer tags. Uh, the fourth Life. print is the Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, that's the print. Uh, it is going to himself, Junior. That's a J. It looked italicized, so I couldn't tell if that was a J or not. When I was typing the notes, I honestly don't know how to italicize or bold or whatever into uh, Discord. So when I'm when it happened, I'm like, I don't know how to fix this. So I'm just okay. So it's not, it's not just me. Like that J does look italicized. I'm like, that well, doesn't the, look like the, the junior font. and the royal Tannenbaums. And then the tag for the next person is all italicized because I didn't know how to undo it. But then it did. And I was like, whatever. And then finally, the the final print in the giveaway, the Avengers Odeon print. 
Yes, it's move. It's like a. You can Google it. It's like a movie poster print, but like a handprint of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna go to B Shiv, or B Shiv, B Shiv. It was probably B Shiv. Yeah, it, but those B-Shiv. are the five winners. Again, you will be contacted directly by now your treasures on Instagram, and there will be a post on their Instagram page of. The whole selection process and who got picked and how and what their prizes will be. I will say and Google these prints, they're really nice. Like I I Googled them after seeing what the prints were that were selected as part of it. The the Avengers Odeon print is really cool. It's like a Thanos print where he's standing on Titan and it's like silhouette. It's really cool. I was a big fan. Now, if you are wondering what on earth are we talking about, well, this was the contest we were doing with Now Your Treasures. And if you're wondering, what's Now Your Treasures again? Well, Now Your Treasures is our sponsor of our podcast. And Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV shows, and video games. They're sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which includes artists from all over the world. If you visit Now Your Prints on Instagram, and send them a DM, 43.6. You mean now your treasures on Instagram, not now your prince. What did I say? You said now your prince. Really? Yes. Oh, if you visit a... now your treasures on Instagram <laughs> and send them a DM, 43.6, you'll receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. Visit the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. Remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Gentlemen, this weekend, we have something coming up that I didn't know was ever going to happen. And no, I'm not talking about Smash Wrestling versus WXW, although that will be fun and I will be there. Uh, this weekend is going to be the World Cup in Qatar, which is already a bonkers thing to say. But not only that, but Canada is going to be in the World Cup. Never in our lifetime, guys, has that ever happened. And, and well, and with them not hosting it. Right. They actually earned their way into the World Cup. Not only earned their way into the World Cup, ran the table on their division. They ran the like, table. They were yeah, they were the number one team in CONCACAF. And you wouldn't you wouldn't have known that based on the way the draw went. How the US and Mexico were still placed ahead of them in the draw, but whatever. Canada found themselves into group F. They got Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia in their group. I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about Belgian players or Moroccan players or Croatian players. So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for Canada. But what I do know is they're not in the division with France. They're not in there with Denmark. They're not in with Portugal. They're, they're not with Argentina. They're not with England. They're not with uh, Ecuador. They're not with Spain. They're not with Germany. Like I, I feel like there was a lot of bullets that this team avoided by being placed in this division. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy for them. But I think... Aside from being placed in a group with Qatar, they had a pretty good draw here. Now, the question to you guys is, 
where do you see Canada finishing in this tournament? Do you see them even winning a game? Do you see them getting out of the group stage? Like, do you, do you see them winning the whole thing? Like, where do you foresee Canada being in the World Cup? A game, yeah. I see them winning because, like, I mean, it seems better than I think a lot of the world gives them credit for. I don't think they're in the upper echelon or even close to that yet. But I think also just the hype of being there, some of these countries not taking them very seriously. I think they will get a game, possibly two. But, you know, I it's hard because you want them to do well and you want to be optimistic, but you got to be realistic. So maybe second last in the in the group is where I think they'll prob- legitimately probably end up because that's still, like, being with Croatia and Belgium, that's tough. Right? So... Well, I can tell you that I currently have five dollars on Canada to win the World Cup. That's going to pay it, like a hundred grand, isn't it? No, not quite. It's like twelve hundred bucks, but still, that's twelve hundred bucks that I would be very happy to win oh, yeah. if Canada does win the World Cup. Which I mean, obviously, is probably not going to happen. But that's a that's a subwoofer on Black Friday. There you go. So- soccer is a funny sport, though, right? Like, I mean, all, everyone everyone says anybody can win. In any sport really but i think you know upsets happen so often in these things you know like italy's not even in the freaking world cup right and they just they just won euro so like Shout out to steven giulio he's yeah, probably cursing the world the OG. Right um <clears throat> you know a lot of nunas are, are pissed off um but it's i don't I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they make it to or make it out of the group stage. Like, I like it's the top two teams in each group, right? So yeah. it's, it's possible. Is it likely? I don't know. I mean, there's no draws, right? So, oh, there is in the, in the, in the group stage, I believe. Right. I'm, I'm still a soccer junior I, here. <clears throat> no, I believe. So I think the way it works after the group stage is, like the first best, the best team of Group A plays the second best team in Group B, and then first team in Group B plays Group A, etc. So, if Canada makes it out of their group, which presumably they would be second if they make it out of their group, I don't see them winning their group. No, I think Belgium wins that group. That's the way I'm I expect. I'm expecting it to be Belgium, Croatia, and then either Canada, Morocco in the last two spots, but um. If Canada does make it up to the second spot, they would be playing the first place team in Group E, which will either be Spain or Germany. So oh, that's that's a spanking waiting. If hypothetically, if that were to happen, like just bend over because they're going to go in raw. Yeah. The flip side is though is that all you need to do in these kinds of things is if you're a team like Canada, like if I'm Canada, I, it sounds terrible. I'm playing for penalties. Because at that point, it's all bets are off, right? Like, it could it could be wild, uh, but you know, th- this is a learning experience. I think. I mean, considering all we've talked about with Canada soccer, this is all a learning experience. <laughs> so I think I think the country itself, before we host it, 
it's a great way to say like, oh, so this is what it feels like to have this kind of cash. This is what it feels like to have to do this. This is what it feels like to put a team together. Um, so the, like, the growing pains are going to be there. It's nice to hear Alfonso Davies is healthy enough to play. That's good. Oh, yeah, because um, if we didn't have him, like, we might as well just not even bother watching games. And, I mean, he's considered, what, a top 15 player in the world right now? He might even be top 10. So, I mean, it's not like we we have, <clears throat> like, garbage players. Jonathan David is, is being scouted for major teams in all the, the top-tier leagues, so... I don't know if he's playing in this, though. I think... <clears throat> I think something like an injury or something that he's not playing. Well, oh, here's the he? interesting I question. Did, I didn't he's see like, the roster entire... full disclosure. Okay, no, they are in, yeah. Huh. David is in. For our entire lives, like, this hasn't been a thing. So the World Cup experience for us has always been all, sor- and all sorts of flags attached to people's cars. And in some cases, for the Portuguese and the Italians, it was more than just a flag. They had like their entire car painted to be the Portuguese flag. Or the, or like the flag. hood wrap. <laughs> the hood wrap. Yeah. Like even like their like, rear view mirrors have their like country flag on. All yeah. that nonsense. Um, and then once Portugal gets eliminated, all of a sudden they become Brazilian. But nevertheless, <laughs> the that was the experience of World Cup in this country. Has always been everyone rooting for the country that their family is from, or that they grew up in or family grew up in, or they have relatives there. So for me, I've always supported England because, you know, my sister was born there. My parents were married there, etc. It's going to be a, a completely different experience than any of us have ever had before that we actually are rooting for our home country. Well, so you bring up a good point. If you're Italian born and you're not like, they're not in the world cup. Are you cheering for Canada? I mean, if you live in Canada, I would I would assume so. If you're Portuguese and you live here and you're born here, but you were, you know, you cheered for Portugal your entire life because that's your heritage. Are you cheering for both? One, not Canada? That's, yeah. I mean, probably. I mean, I think a lot of Italians would probably end up cheering for, they definitely wouldn't be cheering for Portugal. No, but like a lot of soccer fans, like like you said, are already kind of pre-represented in other cultures and teams like where does canada draw its support from like is this are we going to get a brand new wave like i mean obviously i think we are a brand new wave of, of soccer fandom in this country because of this right because they're going to need supporters from somewhere but i don't think those supporters are going to be from traditional like fans that support other countries right like that's a weird position to be in because we're so multicultural that way right you'll get a lot of the sports fans that aren't soccer fans that will support this team so you'll get you know the people that are you know big basketball baseball hockey fans that are like hey like yeah i caught mls on tv or i went to a game because i got free tickets once and i watched the world cup when it's on because like i like i enjoy sports but i don't particularly root for anybody now they actually have skin in the game and those are the people who you will get now i do think you know because italy's not in it you will have them say i hate all these other countries just because of the history of competing against them that Canada I can buy into because I have no history of competing against Canada and this is my home country and this is where I'm from. So you'll get a lot of that too. So I think you'll get a mix of the two. And then 
I do think you'll have people that are, as you said, culturally represented by teams like Spain, Portugal, Brazil, like, you know, the England and a lot of those countries who will be like, you know what? I've always supported them because my family did and that's where they're from. But this is where I'm from. So they'll have a soft spot for Canada for sure. Like an awe, yeah. this is cute, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, like, I think there's also a, another subset of people that probably of the people you mentioned, I think there's two other subsets that we need to consider. One, the like generational Canadian who's been here for like, you know, decades or generations, we'll say. <laughs> decades. Decades. Yeah, it's not a long time. Generational Canadian who probably originally came from England anyways, and they probably would have always supported England. So maybe that's not the best comparison. But then there's also the people and there's a large population of Caribbean people in at least in the uh, greater Toronto area, right? There's a lot of people from Jamaica, from from Haiti, from Bahamas or whatever. Caribbean nations that aren't represented in the World Cup and you are Canadian, you live here. Like I think there's gonna be a large supporting there of people who are Canadian, who are just going to support Canada as they should. Uh, for me personally, of course, I am 100% all in on Canada. I don't give a fuck about England anymore. <laughs> like 100% yeah, England, don't right. care anymore. But like if you're if you're like marching down the streets of I don't know, little Portugal or whatever in the city and you're like supporting Canadians, if you got to feel a little weird to see a, like such a large contingent probably cheering for another country other than you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's a little bit no, of a no, weird situation. Like, you would never go into Greece and see a bunch of, like, an Italian, sec like, freaking out over it. Like, it would never happen, right? No, I, I see your point. Like, yeah, if you, especially in those places of Toronto, like Little Italy, where when you walk out, when you walk around town there and you go to, like, one of the local pubs on a Saturday morning, like, there are people sitting out there on the patio or in the bars watching their like their favorite Italian soccer teams. Yeah. And that's not going to change. I don't think people are going to stop supporting the countries they always did, even though I facetiously said I would. That's obviously not the case. I'll root for England as well. I don't care. And I don't see England and Canada matching up at any point unless it's like the semifinals of the tournament. I think you're going to see a lot of people supporting both. But I don't think all of a sudden the support stops. There's no way. There's no way the Portuguese soccer fans no. are going to stop supporting Portugal. No. But I, I mean, what portion of them do adopt cheering for Canada on the side? Like, do they fly two flags on the car? Maybe, right? That's like, what I, maybe, wanna, I know. I would love right? to see it. I, and, I think it's going to be interesting. And the other thing, too, I is mean, like Maddie said, like, what, is, what does this do as, as like those casual sport, like not casual sports fans, sports fans that might have been casual soccer fans? maybe even someone like myself who's just kind of really taken to TFC this year, like what does it do a for the sport in this country? And then B like MLS in Canada must just be licking their lips at this, right? Like this does more for TFC than I think it does anything. Right. Well, Especially cause we're going to be hosting the world cup coming up. But yeah, but no, I mean, but if, if you're watching this and you're one of those like fair weather soccer fans, you get all in on Canada and now you need your fix. Where are you going next? You're going to watch TFC, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, especially if Jonathan Osorio has a strong showing in this tournament. Then, like, yeah. oh, where does that guy play? Oh, he's, he's like, he, he's he plays boy. for TFC, and he's, he's a hometown guy, too. He's from Brampton. Okay, cool. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I mean, the thing is, though, is, like, soccer is such a top-heavy international sport, like hockey, 
where it's the same like four, three, four teams at the top. I mean, I'm trying to think of who I think is going to come out of this. And I don't know. What do you think? I, 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 it's hard to bet against a team like Brazil. It's hard to bet against a team like Argentina. You know, your England, your France, you know, those teams. No, England's are... not winning. England hasn't won shit in what, 400 years? Oh, I think we lost. Oh, no, he's oh, back. He's I'm back. I uh, say you, England. You froze there in, for a second. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I think we lost him. That's what happens when you talk shit about England. England hasn't won shit in what, like 400 years? So don't, don't just watch your mouth for a second because. Well, they think Harry Kane's going to is the front runner for player of the tournament. England is in, in terms of international play, England the is the least very, of international soccer. Exactly. They are the Maple Leafs of international soccer. So oh, I, I think it's this. like 1964 or something. The last time England won world cup and that year is very close to 1967. So let's uh, be careful how you I'm talk about. Say, I think it's going to be Germany or, or Denmark or, or the Netherlands or one of those, those country wooden shoes. <laughs> How they play soccer so well in wooden shoes, I'll never know. Well, Netherlands are, you know, top 10 favorite. The favorite right now is, is so like from most to least, but not like the entire thing. Uh, Brazil, France, Argentina, England, Spain, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, Portugal, Denmark, Croatia, and Uruguay. 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 So it's kind of like your top 10. Uh, we totally lost James. Yeah. So here's the thing. I know that I wonder since James is actually doing the recording if, he's, if this is actually even recording at this point. We'll find out. Probably not. But um, I wonder just because there's so much like shenanigans going on with Qatar if like I don't know. I don't want to say it, but like if Qatar goes <laughs> far in this, if Qatar ends up going deep in this tournament, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm that's just going to say that. That's some blood money right there. Being I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying it. I'm just saying it. You know what I'm saying? You're 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 hypothesizing. Yeah, I'm just you know just throwing it out there that I'm not overly surprised if something like that were to happen. Um, I do always like to look at the list of teams though and think. Who is the team that I would just like to see win? And obviously, in a world where we normally live in a world where Canada is not in this tournament. So obviously, Canada is a team I want to win. But I always would like to see a team like Ghana go on and win the World Cup. Like a smaller country. Yeah. A country that isn't going to have the incredible budget that someone like England or, you know, Portugal and Brazil have. Yeah, no, I hear you. Where they're not like the powerhouse team that it'd just be cool to see it. Like the Cinderella story. Right? I don't know. Selfishly, like for me, South Korea, just because obviously the wife and, you know, she was at the World Cup in Korea. So, you know, she she gets really into it, surprisingly. So, I don't know. I'd like to see that. You know, I think I'm more interested in next year's tournament where it's the Women's World Cup. And I don't know about you, but I prefer watching women's soccer than men's soccer. <laughs> and especially in terms of the World Cup, just because for, for two reasons. One, 
I noticed when the girls are playing, when they get knocked down, they get back up instead of the guys who roll around like they're on fire or something. And it's also Hard. really cool just to Hard. see girls from all over the world and how attractive they are. But nevertheless, that's just what I enjoy about the women's game and how it's just attractive women and they are tougher than the men are in terms of how they play the, the sport, which oh. I appreciate. Do you watch? Do you ever see highlights of like NCAA women's soccer? They are ruthless, dude. It's like a rugby game out there. They're pulling like girls running, grab the ponytail and just yank her down when a ref's not looking and shit, or like stepping on each other. It's vicious. Yeah, it's it's dude, nuts. The the delta between and sorry, I disappeared there for a second because holy fuck, my everything just shut down on me. And for some magical reason, they kept recording. So praise to the recording gods that these guys kept going. Um, the delta between men's and women's sports is the closest in soccer i feel like i feel like watching women's soccer like i don't see as much of the difference between men and women that i do in other sports like they're the women's soccer is so good like they're they're so good um and i've actually been taking like again having a daughter i've been interested in a lot more women's sports in general recently like women's hockey the toronto six team even like the wmba like like some of those players are like super it's fucking amazing you know so yeah i don't know i I find women's soccer to be incredible oh i'm gonna teach my daughter to dominate (laughs) even the men in men's sports this is be bernice what bernice from dodgeball oh yeah steroids just yeah bernice i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) oh all time and that's an all-time great comedy sports movie like specifically comedy sports dodgeball is top five for sure i feel like we've ranked our favorite sports movies on the show at some point before you should definitely go back in the archives and check that one out that was quite the episode where we talked about our favorite sports movies i I wish i had it i could have sworn i listed here somewhere of on the I, i could probably find it somewhere but you know what it's not important what is important, though, is our sort of final topic of the week. And this is something that's been floating around and rumors have been swirling about WrestleMania 20 or 20 <laughs> WrestleMania 39. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, of We're course, taking in place time. in Los Angeles. And it's always been discussed of The Rock versus Roman Reigns. That's always been like the, the general theme that everyone thinks is going to happen is Rock and Roman Reigns. And maybe one day we'll do a deep dive of like how we think that's going to, how we think they're going to get there. Cause I still don't know how they're going to get there. And then Logan Paul was teasing that him and John Cena might have something at that WrestleMania as well. So just line these up. You got Rock versus Roman Reigns, Logan Paul versus John Cena. And now people are talking that Stone Cold Steve Austin will have one more match at WrestleMania 39 this year. Now, it's not impossible. Like, he looked like he's in good shape. And last year, he did a bit of something with Kevin Owens. He lives in Los Angeles, I believe. So all this would make perfect sense for Steve Austin to do one more match. But then the question is to you, James and Maddie: Who do you want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle at WrestleMania 39? You could, you could pick whoever you want. Obviously, they have to be alive. <laughs> and in Triple H's case, I don't think it's possible based on his health yeah. issues. But um, if there's someone you could pick, I have a pretty good idea of who I think it should be. But 
I want to hear your opinion. I think the the natural choice at this point, and someone who should be rewarded with something like that, because it is a reward for whoever gets that match, because I think it it puts you on a different level um, in, in your career. It's especially at this point, it's kind of like a I don't want to say like a rite of passage, but more like a I don't know. They're they're bestowing a, a trust in you to to have to to be built in that match. So if I was to pick somebody currently, I think you got to give it to Seth Rollins. I think he's, even though he's kind of doing the babyface thing, I haven't watched Raw tonight. I don't know if it's gone full babyface, but I think it's Seth Rollins or, you know, I don't know, like maybe Cody you could do something with. But I, I think Rollins is, is more the guy you get more out of as a promo week in and out leading up to it which is what you're going to need right because Austin's not going to be there every week so you need a guy to carry the story week to week and i think rollins could do that yeah like honestly i was gonna probably say cody mostly just rewarding him for you know still going out there putting on the show with the peck injury and this him to say you know what i'm gonna do this because i know it's putting you guys in a bind if i can't do it and you know, so they say, you know what, you did one for us. This one's kind of for you because, as Jim said, is, you know, you kind of get put on that pedestal, especially with a guy like Austin, who's so iconic in the company and in wrestling as a whole. And I just think it'd be a cool way to, like, in a weird way to say thank you to give him that match. So I like both those ideas. And I think you can't go wrong with either of those ideas. Um, although. I think we're going to get Cody versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> so, so work with me here. Um, I'll try to make this quick. This is, a, this is a long walk. Roman Reigns at some point loses the title to Seth Rollins. And that's because of reasons. I don't know. Fuck, who cares why? Something will happen and he's Roman Reigns will... Enough. Yeah, he's not oozy enough in some way or another. Something happens. Maybe it's Sami Zayn that fucks something up. Maybe it's... Jay Uso who fucks something up. Someone fucks something up that cost Roman Reigns the title. Seth Rollins is the new champion. This divide now leads to either Sammy or Jim or Jay, one of the two, saying, you know what, you're not the tribal chief. The real tribal chief is the rock. And then we start splitting this group of the bloodline. Half of them are still with Roman, half of them are now with the rock. Like a and Marvel have, Civil War. It's like Marvel Civil War, exactly. And your Captain America is the rock and your Iron Man is is Roman Reigns. And who's right, who knows? It depends on how you look at the situation. So I think that's where we get to WrestleMania without the championship on Roman Reigns. It's the rock versus Roman Reigns. Cool. Cody comes back, wins the Rumble, and he challenges Seth Rollins for the title at WrestleMania. You are already have that built-in issue that they had with their relationship with Dusty. Of course, the last match that Cody Rhodes had was with Seth Rollins with the peck injury. So there's built-in story there. And then, of course, Logan Paul Johnson is what it is. So now we're left with what I think is most likely to happen and what I really want to happen. So I think, I I think is most likely... Sorry, what? I think I know where you're going with this. I'll, I don't know if you do. I think you know where I'm going with one. I think you know where I'm going with the one where I want it to happen. So I'll, go, I'll start with that one first. The one I want to happen, because they teased this match years ago, and they never did it, for obvious reasons, because Steve Austin doesn't wrestle. 
And the opportunity now presents itself where this match can happen. If Steve Austin's coming out of retirement, there's one guy that you can bring back to have a ridiculous match that a lot of people have been talking about forever, and that would be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk. And what a what a shot to AEW that would be. If on night one, one of your headline matches is Cody Rhodes winning the WWE Championship, and the next night, a headline match is CM Punk finally getting that WrestleMania main event. Like, this is... This is working out too perfectly. Although I don't think that will happen. I don't think CM Punk is going to wrestle in WWE ever again. But what I think actually has a possibility of happening would be a guy who recently left WWE on a hiatus. A guy who hasn't had a whole lot of career matches, but is a big star. And a guy who can carry this in promos every single week because he'll be on commentary with Michael Cole every single week. And that is one Pat McAfee. So again, you look at that roster of WrestleMania, where it's Logan Paul, John Cena, The Rock, Roman Reigns, Steve Austin, and Pat McAfee. Do you want to know the other one? It, that already, makes- it, it makes sense based on last year, too. If you think about what happened last year with Pat McAfee, where he got the stunner from Steve and he did the fucking yeah. you know, beer can stunner thing. Do you know what else makes a lot of sense that we've kind of glossed over? Who did Steve Austin walk out on? When he walked out on WWE. I mean, he walked out on Vince, if that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, but who was he supposed to face that night? Oh, he was supposed to face Brock Lesnar, wasn't he? Yeah. So why Hmm. not do Brock Austin at WrestleMania 39? You know Brock can brawl his way through it, right? Like, you don't... He doesn't have to suplex the shit out of Austin. He can brawl... Like, he he brawled pretty good with Lashley in uh, Saudi Arabia. So, I don't... I don't see why you couldn't pull that off. I mean, you could even do a tag if you want. Yeah. Where it would be like, it could be Brock Lesnar and Pat McAfee against Steve Austin and the guy that Austin used in his corner at WrestleMania 24 and Bobby Lashley. So you already have this built-in thing with Lashley and Lesnar. And, you know, there's a lot of ways we can go with this, but I like all of them. I would say, just a quick question on my part then, between if the hypothetical split when the rock on one side and Roman reigns on another, could you maintain two baby faces for that though? For that storyline? I mean, you could, but I don't think Roman reigns would be the baby face. I think Roman reigns would be the heel. I don't see the well, rock. No, like, for sure. But I'm just saying like, people. do you think you could carry it as two baby faces into the main event where it's hundred like, percent? You could. Yes. Where it's more of just who you have a better tie to. Cause you'd have some fans who'd be like, no, I'm with Roman and, but I don't necessarily, like hate the rock or think he's evil it's just you know perceptive my thing is i think i think it looks weird to have people follow the rock at this point like that would be my only thing it just it's a weird optics is to to have like a state like a stable for the rock like whether it's one or two it just seems weird have the rock come in and be like you've embarrassed this family and blah 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 and instantly you have your heel Right, where he's like, you embarrass his family, be like, you've done this like shit, and but like, I think maybe not even a split, but more of just him just shitting on Reigns. But you want to talk moments? What if they go? What if they keep the Usos together so they can do Sammy and Kev versus the Usos at Mania? That would be unreal. I think that is the plan, and I think that's a part of the split. I think the Usos end up either with Roman, or maybe Sammy splits off and he brings in the Rock, 
And there's well, Sammy Kev the has a history. Kevin as your Kev team. has a history with the. He had the Brahma bull tattoo. Kev had the Brahma tattoo. There's so a lot know. there. So, I yeah. like the fact that Triple H's booking uh, makes sense to a certain degree, where you can actually start doing stuff like this and start imagining where it may go because it all makes sense. <laughs> Unlike before, where stuff was just stuff and none of it made sense. Just throw it in a salad bowl and see what mixes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's about that time, James, for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right, it's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from Tough Enough Season 1 on MTV. You know, I still have no idea what the name of the song is and who sings it. <laughs> I just know it was like the theme song of Tough Enough Season 1 on MTV. <laughs> um, I will go first because it's, it's wrestling related, so I'll, I'll keep the theme going. Um, because this weekend, Jesus, is it, is it this weekend? No, it's not this weekend. Coming up eventually, <laughs> WWE is going to have, it's not this weekend, uh, they're going to have Survivor Series. And for the first time ever, at least in terms of the main roster, they're going to be doing war games. So I was going back and I was watching some old War Games matches. Not very old. I didn't go back to WCW. But I did watch some of the NXT ones. And my God. Mauro Ranello. Say what you will about Mauro Ranello. But that guy brought so much energy to that show. He is just by far one of my favorite broadcasters of all time. You know, Jim Ross is Jim Ross, and I get that he's the guy that everyone will always say is the greatest wrestling announcer of all time, but no one brings the energy that Mauro Anello did. And he added so much to that NXT product when he was doing play-by-play for that short period of time when he was there that he deserves a shout-out for this week. Matt Eagle. No, you go. No, you go. All right. Well, I don't Why know. Why this... be... What? What? Huh? Huh? Okay, you go because you're older than me. All so right, I'm mine might the be thing. the same as yours. My shout out uh, is to Boria Salming after uh, the emotional tribute he got uh, the Hall of Fame ceremonies over the weekend. During the he got two of them, which is well deserved. And like, if you guys don't know anything about Boria Salming, go back and watch this dude play. Uh, Swedish-born guy, tough as nails. Played like as my dad says, played in a butcher league. Man, that league was not the NHL that it was today. Like the guy took a skate to the face. Like it was he a is. Men's league. It was a yeah, man's league. Yeah, definitely a man's league. So, it's ALS sucks, um, and it sucks to see him in that condition. But you know, shout out to Boria Salming for making it here, and all the the adulation and, and, and adoration he got was very well deserved. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as you said with ALS, that's not that's like one of those things where. There's a few things in this world where when you hear it, it's just, it doesn't matter who it is that your whole soul just sinks into a different universe when you hear it about anybody. And you just hope at some point they can figure out and find some kind of cure for it because fuck man. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> he was going to be one of them. I actually had three Dustin stole one earlier because it was Ash Ketchum because our childhoods was Ash would always get close, but never to the top. So, you know, big ups for that. Um, and then the, that, those were like my two legit ones. And my jokey one was, and I'd mentioned this off the top is Pete Davidson entering 
Derek Jeter level territory <laughs> of his dating lineup because this dude is now gone from Ariana Grande to Kate Beckinsale, which she's a goddess, to Kim Kardashian, which whatever, and to Emily Ratajkowski. Like this dude's just, he's just going through it. And I think when it's all said and done, his lineup may be better than Jeter's. <laughs> just saying. So we'll see. We'll call him the captain. What? <laughs> the captain? Yeah, I'm the captain now. <laughs> like, it's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be the new meme. But yeah, like realistically, Salming and Ash, but in a in a fun, jokey way, we'll we'll give ups to Pete Davidson because it seems like people are ready to shit on that guy, but he just keeps trucking too. So. So that's our shout outs for this week and shout out also to now your treasures for being our sponsor for this episode and all of our episodes, this episode 31 of our wonderful podcast. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for commenting as well and doing all those wonderful things. This of course is 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. Oh.